Hello and welcome to Tech Weekly, a podcast by City AM, where we go through the most important news in the world of tech, crypto, fintech and beyond. I'm Nassim Silva, joined today by City AM reporter Charlie Conchi. This week, Charlie will be talking to Lorne Daniel, technology research analyst at FinCap, a financial services company. They'll go through the tumultuous past few months tech companies have had after their pandemic highs and talk about where things are headed. But first, Charlie has the main headlines in tech, crypto and fintech. Pressure is mounting on the Treasury to greenlight the next stage of buy now, pay later regulation as concerns really grow, I think, over the use of the products in the midst of this cost of living crisis that we're in. We spoke with the former FCA boss, Chris Willard, this week, who authored a landmark review of the sector last year. And he kind of reiterated the need for urgent regulation in the space and warned that the speed had slowed since January. Away from that, uh, London fintech firm Paddle has bagged a $200 million funding injection at a valuation of $1.4 billion, which makes it the latest UK firm to achieve the uh, the so-called unicorn status of more than a, a billion dollar valuation. Paddle is a firm that kind of provides payments infrastructure for software as a service companies. And that funding round was led by the big global investment giant KKR, so a real signal of intent there from KKR as well. Away from that on the global stage, Japanese investment giant SoftBank posted a record $26.2 billion loss in its flagship vision fund arm this week. That was after a pretty torrid quarter against the kind of backdrop of geopolitical volatility and rising interest rates, which have really battered the firm's big tech holdings, uh, real specialist tech investor SoftBank. So it's a big sharp fall to earth for the firm after it delivered record annual profits last year. And a bit of scepticism growing now over the boss Masayoshi Son's strategy of backing high growth tech stocks. Back to London, London fintech Yappily has announced it snapped up a German open banking firm, FinAPI, as it builds the muscles, as it told City AM, for a push into new global markets. That comes after a, a $51 million funding round last year. Neapoli is now set to earn the crown of largest open banking platform in Europe after the completion of that deal. And as I think a lot of people in the fintech and tech sector will be aware, crypto has created the price of Bitcoin, Ethereum and other cryptocurrencies plummeted to 16 months lows this week in a major crash that has wiped out the gains made during the past year's bull market. The past week's price of Bitcoin dropped by more than a fifth and the price of Ethereum dropped by more than a quarter and investors are facing billions of dollars of losses. Lots of news. It's certainly been a rough week for tech, but it doesn't stop there as Charlie will be discussing. So that week of very turbulent news in tech and fintech comes after what has been a pretty well, similarly turbulent quarter, I think, um, against that sort of backdrop of soaring inflation, interest rate hikes, war in Ukraine, and, you know, big listed tech firms have had a pretty torrid time of it. Some of the sort of tech titans that seemed invincible 12 months ago have been brought crashing down to earth, I think it's fair to say. Um, and those growth focused firms that sort of promise returns some way down the track don't suddenly seem so appealing to investors. So is that fall a terminal one? Well, with us to mull that question over is Lorne Daniel, Technology Research Analyst at FinCap. Good to have you with us, Lorne. Thank you very much, Charlie. So can you sort of zoom out and give us a bit of a big picture overview to start off and just take us through what this global tech route is and what really are the causes of it? Uh, well, to put it in context, we've seen a uh, decline in all equity markets across the board. 
technology stocks see well, have clearly had a um, torrid time uh, over the last six six months or so. Um, I think to put that in context, they had a very good run um, through the pandemic when we saw a lot of uh, what we call digital transformation. A lot of companies had to move their operations and a lot of uh, um, a lot of transaction um, that had been done in the physical world moved online. So um, technology stocks had a very good pandemic, if you can put it that way. Um, simply because there was a, a, a drive to move things online away from the physical world. On the back of that, we've now moved into a different era, a post-pandemic era, an era where we're seeing um, interest rates, rising interest rates. Um, and that's coming on the back of a decade of, of low, a, a low interest rate environment where people could invest for growth. And you saw a lot of money piling into the uh, into technology stocks to grab market share. And we've now transitioned into this new post-pandemic world of higher interest rates where there's more of a focus on return. Um, what are these companies giving back? You can't just invest for growth. Um, so that it, it's not necessarily a turning away from technology there will always be more technology. The future is about technology. It, it's it's never going to be, um, it, it's never going to be a, a growth, uh, not a growth sector. But there is a focus on on what companies can return to investors now. Um, it, it, it's a it's a different environment, and they you will naturally see a refocusing on uh, or, or a, a re-evaluation um of uh stocks on the back of that so we're having a sort of uh correction if you like against this sort of you know soaring inflation and interest rate rate hikes then this will be continuing for the foreseeable do you think i i don't i i don't think it will last as long i i think it's a correction in a near term and then we build again from with a different perspective um rather than ongoing situation there's a, a, a lot of CEOs are now looking at, okay, we've had this era of, of being able to grab market share. Okay, when what returns can we now take from that? And, and that will rebase uh, investors' views, investors' valuations. So if we look at sort of some of the firms that have had, you know, a bad few months, it's not just kind of upstart tech firms, is it? You know, Microsoft is down 23% this year and had 190 billion wiped off its value after the Fed hiked rates last week. Um, they're kind of, you know, generating billions of pounds of profits in some cases. Why are they being shunned as well? Is, the, is that sort of just the same, same issue? If you look at the valuations, they're not, they, they, haven't, they haven't suddenly become cheap. Um, they, they are still highly valued. They're still on, what, 20, 25 times? Um, uh, Microsoft at the moment. These are still very uh, valuable businesses, generating billions of profit um, uh, across the big tech companies in in the in the states. But there's certainly been a revaluation of the multiples that that, that investors will pay for them. Um, and I think, I mean, <laughs> when you're looking at tech in particular, so much of the value of of a technology business is in the future. Um, it's not like a retailer or uh, an industrial stock. Um, you're buying future revenue. You're buying future growth. 
And if there's a little bit of a uh, bit, a little bit less clarity in the future, then th their valuations are um, impacted more so. Um, so certainly, we've we've seen a re uh, repositioning of valuations in the tech sector, and and you know, it, with big companies, that translates to billions of dollars being wiped off their their market value. However, they they have they have billions more on their valuations. So. Although we've dropped from 30 times to 25 times, um, we're still highly valued compared to a, the industrial sector, which is, you know, you're talking about 10 times if you're lucky. So to put it in context, there is plenty of, plenty of expectations still in those tech stocks. Yeah, plenty of breathing space. They won't be, uh, yeah, hopefully losing too much sleep over it yet. Yeah, Jeff Bezos isn't down to his last buck <laughs> yet. Um, and I think you sort of touched on it in, in that first question as well, but I think some of the um, the firms that have really borne the brunt of this have been those kind of lockdown tech darlings, if you will, Netflix and Peloton, Zoom. Partly, I think we can chalk it up to governance issues as well, but they have really borne the brunt of it, haven't they? Yeah, I mean, it, it just, just for those particular stocks, um, you're looking at um, uh, some of the froth being taken off the top. Um, they... Uh, I think uh, during lockdown, you <laughs> people didn't see an end to that lockdown. So um, those sort of stocks, the 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 zooms, if you like, the the pelotons, the the, the Netflixes, looked like um, they were going to take over the world. This was going to be an ongoing thing as we come out of uh, lockdown, as the pandemic fades. Then some of the excess is taken off their share price. Um, and they, they weren't the only stocks. You saw that in a lot of the, over in the US, we, we saw a lot of the Teledoctor uh, stocks fly and, and quite a few of them came to the market during that time. And simply you, you couldn't go and see a doctor. So online online medicine um, uh, was was a hot uh, hot subject and, and, and we saw quite a few of those fly. Um, as we've come out of lockdown, as as things are returning to normal, those stocks are getting a more um, realistic appraisal from investors, um, and and to some extent, that's 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 fairly natural. And you worry if it didn't happen. Yeah, they're they're fickle folk investors. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I think it, it's it's important to appreciate um, what what you're buying if you're you're buying. 30 years worth of earnings you've got to know that that stock is is going to be generating earnings for 30 years and, and things can look um odd through a magnifying glass of lockdown at the time and if we sort of look at london specifically now as well um there's obviously been this big shift to try and promote london as a tech capital are listed tech businesses in in london facing unique problems do you feel I wouldn't say they're unique problems. There are unique elements that can be for and against listing in London. Um, certainly, London investors are more what what you might call realistic. Um, they won't pay the premiums. US investors um, will always see a glass uh, half full. Um, and US, uh, UK investors will see it half empty. Now, there are rights and wrongs to that. Um, uh, the, <laughs> it gives a lot more volatility to, to, to US stocks. 
um, the expectation is of success. Whereas a, a UK fund manager will, will ask them, okay, well, what can go wrong? We're a long way from profit. Why won't I get this profit? Um, the US investor will ask, when will I get this profit? So there, there is a, there is a natural dichotomy. That doesn't mean that uh, tech stocks shouldn't be listing in London. They uh, might have to prove their case more strongly. Uh, they, they might have to have a better um, business plan, a better, uh, more obvious milestones to that profit um, than you would in the US. You can turn up in the US with a, with a technology business plan and someone will fund you. Um, but that that stricture that um that need to have a a better uh business head on you as a technology entrepreneur is not a bad thing um and, and that can be quite um the discipline of of uh having investors who question you is arguably a a better scenario to start with for uh, publicly listed businesses um, than simply turning up and saying, give me a load of money, I will grab a huge ch chunk of this market and we'll figure out some way of making it profitable in the end. Um, yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> uh, I think stricture, the stricture of, of having to justify yourself more, more tightly is, is not necessarily a bad thing. Yeah, it seems to fall very much in line with the sort of national stereotypes of both nations, doesn't it? The sort of cynic British investor and the, uh, the very optimistic positive US one. <laughs> I had previously thought, I mean, I, I wouldn't constrain ourselves to just British. We do see a lot of European investment in the UK technology sector. Um, they don't necessarily, I, I'd always thought that our, our UK tech stocks would be generally too small to uh, European invest funds. Um, however, uh, they have proven more agile and um, more uh, uh, quite attractive to, to the European funds um, uh, in, in the London market. That was Lorne Daniel from FinCap. And that's all we have for today. Thanks for listening and see you next week.